I remember one kid in a school that told us uh, when we had a workshop there, 3D designing is better than gaming uh, because you can do something with it in real life. And that's something that always pops to my mind uh, when, when somebody asks me about it. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. In this episode, I'm talking to Sebastian Friedrich, the CEO and co-founder of Tinker Toys. Tinker Toys allows kids to design their own toys online, which will then be 3D printed and delivered to their homes. Sebastian is the CEO of Tinker Toys and was also part of the founding team. During his studies in industrial engineering, he got involved with 3D printing and discovered his passion. At Tinker Toys, he is now also responsible for software development as well as sales and distribution for schools. So what is Tinker Toys all about? In short, it's all about showing kids what they are capable of constructing. Using Tinker Toys, kids can create their own toys via an easy-to-use web-based editor. Once the design is finished, you can choose to have it produced by Tinker Toys and delivered right to your home. If you own a 3D printer, you can also choose to download the 3D model files free of charge and print them at home. Besides offering these 3D construction and printing services for parents and their kids, Tinker Toys now also offers special licenses, webinars and management software for schools and teachers. During the corona crisis, Sebastian and his team also developed several homeschooling offerings which primarily target kids from 8 to 12 years. So have a look at kidslab.dev for this episode's companion blog post. As usual, you'll find screenshots of their services and all links mentioned in our show notes. Again, that's kidslab.dev. Right. Hi, Sebastian. It's great to have you on the show. How are you today? Hi, Sven. Thanks for having me. I'm great. I hope you are too. Yes, I'm also great, actually. We had a couple of really beautiful days and also we had, especially here in Bavaria, we have fewer restrictions now. So it's pretty awesome. So, Sebastian, let's talk about Tinker Toys. Um, how did this company, how did your company got founded and what is it all about? Yeah, Tinker Toys was founded in 2015 in Magdeburg, Saxony-Anhalt. Um, if you don't know it, it's in the middle of Germany. And I finished my studies there in engineering economics. And before I founded Tinker Toys, uh, I started a fab lab at the university there and got into 3D printing. And Tinker Toys was started as a team with three co-founders uh, with backgrounds in engineering, management economics, and toy design. And our goal was always to empower kids to create their own toys and bring their creativity to life with 3D design and 3D printing. Very cool. So really got infected in a fab lab in a makerspace. So that's where um, you, you you saw your first 3D printer. Then probably do you still remember the make of it. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I also remember when we uh, built up our first 3D printer in the in the lab. It took us uh, <laughs> way longer than it should have done as uh, engineering students. But uh, it was a great experience when it finally worked out and uh, we started printing. Yeah, very cool. So, Sebastian, what is the what is the reason why kids should learn to construct 3D models? Is there some special special learning that kids will have when they do this? From from our point of view, there are a lot of benefits to it. Like 
uh, promoting creativity, individuality. But I think the most important benefit is uh, when you are able to 3D design, when you are being able to use your visual thinking and tools like our editor, uh, even youngest kids can have the chance to solve real-world problems. And um, I remember one kid in a school that told us uh, when we had a workshop there, 3D designing is better than gaming uh, because you can do something with it in real life. And that's something that always pops to my mind uh, when, when somebody asked me about it. And on our website, you can find a blog post specifically on the topic uh, where we get a bit deeper into, into the benefits of uh, 3D designing, 3D printing for kids or in schools. Yeah, that's a great remark, actually, with the website. So we'll, of course, put all these links into the show notes um, later on. So if you're listening to this and would like to learn more about it, then please visit kidslab.dev for the companion blog post. So, um, Sebastian, you just mentioned it. Um, there's a Tinker Toys editor, which is a web-based tool, and it's used by the kids to create their own toys. So can you give us a quick overview of how this looks like and how kids use it to design their toys? Yeah, of course. Um, when you start the editor, you see something like an empty millimeter paper or grid paper in front of you. And on the left side, you find our shape menu um, with basic shapes like cubes and balls that you may know from your geometry lessons in school. Um, but we also have some more advanced shapes like, uh, for example, heads and arms to create your own robots or uh, fantastic creatures. But uh, we also have shapes to create your own car or spacecraft. If you use, uh, if you need a rocket power for your spacecraft, you can find some some shape for that in there too. Um, so it's not that kids draw something in 3D, which is something that we often get asked. Uh, but instead, they use and manipulate the shapes that we already have in the editor to create their toys. So they make them bigger or smaller. They rotate them. They combine them or cut them. Um, basically all the things that you would expect from a classic CAD tool, uh, but way less complex and with much less buttons in your view. And one of our key features um, are our connectors. I know if, I don't know if you if you tried them. Um, you can use those to easily create action figures with movable arms or cars with rotating tires, for example. And the kids can easily snap those connectors within the software. And Those connectors are fully 3D printable and work really well on yeah, most 3D printers, I would say. And if you want to design something with the editor, you can either uh, use a touchscreen uh, like with your, your tablet or a mouse and a keyboard. Yeah, it's very cool. I definitely tried it out, by the way. So um, in this case, I 3D printed a little toy myself uh, so I can really... Uh, tell everybody that it really works. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. <laughs> What did you do? Can you tell me? Um, there was a little, a uh, little figure basically with some arms, basically, or with some kind of that I attached on the left and right side of that box, basically, that I created. Um, yeah, I was just happy that it's really easy to 3D print. So that actually, um, just in between, actually, that would be a question I just have, uh, out of the top of my head is, so when someone is ordering these prints. And we'll talk about that in greater detail later on, but are you producing this all locally in your workshop then? or? Uh, yeah. If, uh, if a toy is ordered in the editor, all the printing is done in uh, Leipzig, Germany. So I saw there are a lot of construction guides also available. So um, for creating Minecraft figures, for example, or funky unicorns, 
So to get started with Tinker Toys, would you recommend um, to follow such a construction guide or would you just recommend to start with the plain editor and just try something out? And I mean, if, you, if there is a construction guide that you recommend, which one would it be? It depends a bit on, on, your, on your personal preference. Um, usually, I would always recommend to start with one of our basic guides. Um, you can find them yeah, on, the, on the top of the, of the guide section. There are four basic guides uh, that give you an over, a really quick overview about all the features. Uh, it takes you, I would say, five to ten minutes, depending on the speed. Um, or if you don't want to do that, just uh, check some of our YouTube videos. Um, there you can always see um, a lot of toys created by kids, actually. Uh, and I think it's a good way to, to get to know some more specific features like our connectors. And then once a toy has been designed, as you already mentioned, and I quickly uh, talked about it already, uh, you can choose to download it for free, right? And print it on your own 3D printer, or you can have it delivered. So my, my first question would be, how much is it? And, and can parents somehow stay in control or are their kids just able to order all kind of crazy 3D models now? The price of a toy majorly depends on its size. So if you, if you design something really small, it can get actually quite cheap. Um, I think two to three euros is actually possible. And, but you can also uh, create really, really big things. <laughs> I, we often see kids, uh, uh, I haven't mentioned that we also do in uh, workshops and children's birthday parties in, in Leipzig and Magdeburg. And some uh, kids usually start something like a challenge there and we can, can see that because they, they are uh, right at our workshop uh, and <laughs> want to, to create the most expensive toy or ever possible and something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah you can always see the price live displayed in the editor and um, we have a secured uh, parental areas with extra password security Okay. so kids can't really uh, buy something without their parents knowing it's that they, they know their bank account and stuff but then I think okay so the, the parents are, are really in control and they have to um, okay each print more or less yeah, right so actually. very cool so i was wondering how how do you really guarantee the printability of these things because i mean if i'm creating something that's super wild right like with connectors all over the place top bottom whatever um that might not be printable right so how do you do that we don't really guarantee printability but we do basic optimization for 3d printing so um, if you finish your print and you want to download or buy it, um, the editor itself combines uh, shapes and disconnects the connectors if you use some. Um, so you get uh, separate files, uh, which makes it a lot easier to print the toy. And um, there's also a minimum size for most shapes. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something around two to three millimeters. Um, so... We do a lot of stuff to, to ensure printability, but if you do something super crazy uh, and you use it at your printer at home and you don't really get the settings right, I cannot guarantee it. But if you order something from us, uh, you always get a really good uh, quality print from us. 
Mm -hmm. And I guess if if I order from from you and it's not printable, <laughs> will you still send me the broken print or what, what happens then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that actually never happened. <laughs> But uh, we, uh, if we see some some major design flaws and uh, actually each toy is checked uh, by someone before we yeah stop the printing, um, we either do the change itself or yeah just get in touch with you okay very cool so i think at this point you're offering some mainly in german language um and i guess with a little bit of translating here and there many people can probably also use it without knowing german but do you have any plans to expand your offerings into non-german territories i would say right and maybe ship to europe or so what's the plan here When we developed the Tinker Choice editor, editor, we always had in mind that the kids that are using it um, are maybe also beginners in reading. So if we look at schools, we, we start at elementary school, primary school, or even before that in kindergarten. Uh, so we can't really rely on them to be really good readers. So we are using self-explaining icons and logos in the editor and easy language or little to zero text. Um, so I would say if you just want to 3D model something and download the file for your printer at home, uh, you can already get very, very far with some basic German language. I mm -hmm. think you'd only need like five words, maybe. <laughs> But uh, besides that, we actually do have plans for an English version later this year. So besides offering this for parents and kids, I think you're also offering quite a few services for schools and the teachers. So can you give us an overview what special services you offer for schools and their teachers to get them started with Tinker Toys? And for schools specifically, we have the Tinker School Editor, which uh, basically is the same 3D model interface, but we added some features uh, like class management with teacher and students' accounts, uh, where you don't need an email address to register your account, Uh, which is often an, a real problem in Germany when you look at the education segment. Um, also, 3D models are organized in, in courses uh, very easily, and you can export your 3D files optimized for, the, for 3D printing, like uh, in the Tinker Toys editor, but also for VR applications that are yeah, seeing some use in the education segment right now. Um, if you export the 3D file for VR. Uh, we export the whole 3D scene with colors and we don't uh, separate the connectors and some stuff like that. Um, but it's a nice way to yes, show the design process by um, creating something within the editor, uh, checking it in VR, uh, maybe see some, some design flaws, change it, and then only uh, 3D print the result after you checked it in VR. So... Yeah, a pretty cool feature that um, a lot of our school users really like. And um, something that is uh, really important in, in the German uh, education market is that with ThinkerSchool, we can comply with the highest data protection requirements. And we are also working on some integrations in uh, learning platforms uh, that are widely used, like Moodle, for example. Well, that's a really cool feature. I, I really like that, this VR feature. So it also means um, that you can very quickly see the results and you don't have to wait for a three hours 3D print or so. So that's pretty awesome. That's that, Yeah, that's a, that's a real problem for schools. If you look uh, at a class and uh, <laughs> actually after one lesson, you have to print uh, 30 
or 20 3D models, you, you know that it takes a lot of hours to do that. Yeah, and I also don't imagine the teachers coming in over the weekend to check on the 3D printer, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably another reason. That's really rare, well, yeah. So do you think the, the courses that are done or the, the things that are designed at school, do they actually differ from the things that kids at home design? I mean, do teachers have a special, you know, a special favorite here, basically, or try to achieve something special versus at home? Most classes, I would say, it differs a lot. Um, but that is mainly a result of the uh, teaching materials that we have available online. Um, and the, for most schools, this topic is pretty new, so they, they stick to the teaching materials that we offer. And uh, therefore, we often see yeah, those things designed and printed. So it's a bit less the... Yeah, Tinker Toys way of, of creating a toy. Um, we often see uh, basic 3D geometry, mathematics, or something like that. Or um, a lot of schools try to create uh, models of, uh, for example, um, if you if you learn physics, uh, they create some floating models, uh, underwater boats or boats actually, to see how they float or something like that. Okay, so they really try to to augment their their classes, I think, with the yeah. offerings from Tinker Toys in this case. Very cool. So, and you just, I think you just mentioned it that for for a lot of schools and a lot of teachers, this is a very new territory, right? So, I was really wondering how do you actually convince teachers and schools to buy a license to adopt 3D construction as part of their curriculum? That must be a a hard sale, I guess, right? So, what's what's the trick here to sell it to them? Um, we approach them in different ways. So as I mentioned, we offer teaching materials for free, um, which is something they, yeah, they really like. And we are also adding up on this right now a lot. Uh, and we, as a school, you can always test Tinker School for, uh, 60 days right now. And, um, on the other side, we aren't really approaching schools directly right now in Germany. Instead, we are working a lot with, uh, media centers. Um, that's some German specific, I would say, but, uh, media centers are federal institutions and mostly, um, their task is to showcase new technologies for education, uh, to schools, offer teacher trainings, and they also develop lessons. And, mm -hmm. um, in a lot of federal states, we are already working quite close with the uh, media centers in the regions and the media centers then, yeah work as multipliers and, and showcase our software. I know that you live in Munich and uh, some federal states already have uh, 3D construction and 3D printing in their curriculum. And Bavaria, for example, uh, they have that for, I would say, five years already. Um, but if it's in the curriculum, usually it's quite late there. It's like sixth or ninth grade or something like that. And from our point of view, that is, yeah, that is way too late. You can start uh, much earlier, as I mentioned. Uh, we usually start in third or fourth grade. Uh, we already had some projects in kindergarten where they learn just basic visual thinking by using cubes, uh, changing their size or something like that. So you can start really early and uh, integrate it into your curriculum. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, as you mentioned, um, 
a lot of schools that are already using our software use it for uh, extracurricular activities. Um, for example, um, we have several student companies that use it, uh, mm -hmm. and they are some yeah like mini versions of Tinker Toys. So they they started a little construction office and offer their three D design and printing services in their region. Um, they create spare parts using our software and something like that, which is really cool to see. It's um, very cool. We have we have some schools that uh, already integrate our software yeah deeper into their classes and curriculum, and uh, we actually received some very positive feedback from them and. Uh, one of the teachers said that uh, Tinker School greatly reduced the time it takes for them uh, or for their students to really understand 3D geometry and visual thinking, um, even by yeah by using our tool. That sounds very good, actually. So I noticed that during the pandemic, they were still in, actually. Um, it's getting better, right? Um, you created quite a few online workshops. Um, to teach Tinker Toys. And so I would definitely believe that these are also quite useful in normal times, of course. Um, so what special online offerings have you added uh, during the corona pandemic and what is the feedback here so far? Right now we are doing a lot of um, teacher trainings online that actually would have been offline before. Um, and we do them a lot with the media centers that I already mentioned. But we also started webinars directly for students. And um, we have one example uh, that I really like because it started from the idea of a teacher training. So right now we have a webinar in which the kids um, 3D model their own individual hook to open the doors in their schools without having to touch the door handle directly. Uh, I don't know if you, if you can imagine it. It's basically something that you uh, wear along your keys and you use it as a hook to grab the handle at the door yeah i i printed a few of these actually right so it's a yeah. little um yeah it's like kind of an extension to your finger yeah but so your your finger doesn't physically have to touch the button for example or the the door very cool right now we already did that with uh, more than a thousand students starting from third uh, class to to uh, ninth class so a, a lot of kids actually did that And it worked really well with, with all ages. And therefore, I say that this webinar is a nice showcase for the learning goals that we want to achieve. So even yeah, youngest kids can use 3D design and digital tools to solve real-world problems. And maybe this door hook started uh, when they created a funky unicorn at first. So they started with something maybe silly, but in the end, they, they really have something that solves a problem. I think that's a, it's a, it's a great way of also discussing the coronavirus maybe with the kids, right? And doing something that they can really relate to. And in the end, they will have something that they can take home, right? Maybe discuss with their parents. And so this will, this will definitely be way better than just teaching about um, social distancing or something like that, right? Very cool. So can you mention a couple of new features that are coming up? I mean, you already talked about maybe. Um, expanding into Europe, right, or somewhere else, right? Is there anything coming up that you would like to mention that's uh, that's happening uh, around Tinker Toys? Yeah, as, as you already said, I think the, the most important feature for your international audience will be the English version of the software. So stay, stu uh, stay tuned for that. And um, for your German listeners, if you are working in the education segment, um, try to ask a media center in your region. Maybe they already offer 
tinker school licenses or trainings. Um, this really differs uh, from the from the federal state that you live in. And um, by the date this podcast gets aired, uh, I'm pretty sure we already have a 3D design competition online uh, for the summer where kids can apply from all over Germany and design something and yeah, win some cool prizes. So Sebastian, thanks so much. Um, happy designing and all the best for, for Tinker Toys in the future. Thanks so much for taking the time for the Kids Lab podcast. Thank you, Sven, so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode about Tinker Toys. It's really modeling and construction service for kids that allows them to design and print their own toys. It's a good time now to visit kidslab.dev to check out the show notes with all the links. And of course, don't forget to subscribe with one of the subscription buttons. Again, that's kidslab.dev. In the next episode, we're talking to Dennis Baldwin from DroneBlocks. Using DroneBlocks and some cheap indoor drones, kids can learn about coding and geometry while flying a real drone. Yeah.